0: The other though had no such sympathies. I oh, hate it. Why. I hate it. Together they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is see you next week in space. All right. So the question I want to open up with today, I know for a fact I've never asked, so that's good. Um, but, so watching this movie was an intriguing experience in many a way. And one mm-hmm. of the thoughts I was having as I was watching it was, is this a student film? Um, <sighs> <laughs> or like, does it have the feeling of a student film in some kind of way? Uh-huh. And I so, think the answer is, oh, sorry. <clears throat> go ahead, say your answer. Uh, my initial answer would be yes. I think it it eases into itself. Like as it goes on, it feels less like that. If that makes sure. sense, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I feel like the very beginning definitely had that vibe for me. Yeah. And so then my question to you is, well, one, you've never made a student film, have you? I mean, you did an artsy degree, so I just wondered. Yeah, Um, no, I've never done on-camera stuff. It was always stage stuff, so no, I never did. And then more important, the real question to kick off today is, if you ever did a student film, (laughs) what do you think it would be like or about? Oh, shit. Um, what would it be like and what would it be about? That is, yikes. Um, I, I mean, if I were still a student, I think I would have had fun with it. I think it would have been fun in terms of the experience of it. Sure. Um, especially being that that was not really like, that was never my goal. Like on camera stuff was not ever really like as intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. But it would have been interesting and fun, I think, in the context of the people that I knew in college, and you know, I felt very safe with all those types of people because I feel like it very could could very easily feel creepy if For like sure. I don't know because I feel like there's not a lot of rules. <laughs> there's not like contracts being signed and like clauses that say like you can't be harassed and stuff so it could get kind of creepy but um I think it would have been fun what would it have been about I just that it runs the gamut (laughs) I can't even imagine when I think about even just like the plays we did in college like I can't imagine what some of the student films would have been well I'm more Um, thinking about like what sort of imagery might have been used because like um, like part of what made this feel student filmish to me was like you know the obviously like handheld camera bit of it. Um, it was the cuts. I thought the cuts really annoyed me cuts for a while. Were like a lot, um, but also like when I think of the phrase student film, it's either <laughs> something like super avant garde where it's just like yeah. ninety minutes of watching like a leaf on pavement. um
1: or
0: or it's like you're watching bugs walk across a screen or you're seeing or it's very like melodramatic like there's that too like really like people I picture people sitting on park benches a lot for some reason I also picture like a gothy sort of version of one mm -hmm. where it's like There would be like people in goth makeup, and then everything would be shot in black and white except for the blood, that would need to be there. (laughs) You know, like that sort of thing. Okay. Um, Uh Or like an. I feel like I see student films. (laughs) You know, like I feel like I see student films being eyeball like for a long time. (laughs) Oh my god! Yeah, true. They're definitely not normal. Let's say I mean they're (laughs) because. (laughs) <laughs> like, it's not your, or normal is not the right word. Typical? I don't know. It's, they're not like, um, you're not going to see them in theaters, I guess, right? No. Like, it's not going to be a, guess, a blockbuster type of thing. No, I guess perhaps some of the time, anyway, student films get a bad rap because really what they are is like, they're an assignment and they've perhaps been told, yes, you need to do something with light. You need to do something with sound. yes. You need to do such and yeah. such a thing, and so then it's like this very kind of abstracty. Like I'm doing something with light, so this is what I'm doing. So here we go. Like yeah. Um, but then yeah, yeah. the stuff where people are like, I don't know, cut loose to do whatever they want. Um, yeah, I'm curious. I mean, I didn't go to film school, so I'm not even sure what, like the guidelines are in a student film, like, is it... I didn't even really think about that, that it would be, like, this particular one, you're specifically focusing on light or whatever. Like, I never right. even thought about that. Yeah. I think that has to be a part of it, at least to some degree. But, like... But this, definitely handheld camera feels like... Yeah, something. and this no, one They don't too, have dollies. Like, the, the dialogue and, like, the way it was all being done. I mean... That was, I was, when I was reading about this, that was part of the point was to make it feel like, like an Real? Like You were actually watching people actually have a dinner party or whatever. Um, yeah, but like, I don't think, you know what I will say about that? I think it's very, that, <sighs> that root of realism is tough because I, while I appreciate the attempt, I think. So much of the way people have normal conversations is not fun to watch. <laughs> like, yeah, no, it know, isn't like, like if you were really listening to somebody. Entertainment or anything. It's not. It's not good entertainment. People tend to talk over each other. Like if you were really listening to a random ass dinner party of people, you'd be like, "This is." Like if you were a fly on the wall at a dinner yeah. party, like of your neighbors, you'd be like, "This is the fucking boringest thing." Oh, ever Oh yeah, heard in my I mean, life. and I did think that the group in this got that bit right like they were so boring like their conversations were just like (laughs) fucking kill me um and per so good job everybody (laughs) I know good acting um but like per what we were even just saying uh just in our personal production call before recording (laughs) um like I picked up on rather quickly I was like oh these people are in Northern California, they're like kind of San Francisco people, because some of the things they were saying was very that, like, and I did um, not pick up on that, because I maybe wasn't paying attention, but But they did get yeah. that Yeah, it's like, as much as I appreciate a certain kind of realism, let's say, in yeah. movies and in acting, if it's too close to realism it just, it sucks yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just, agree. I agree. It's like, why? Yeah, cause I, it's, it's like, I've now come to this dinner party of strangers that I don't yeah, I mean, about. it's... <laughs> yeah, it's a tough line. It's a tough line between... Right, exactly. Like, I don't want to go to a dinner party in real life, let alone do I want to watch a real dinner party on my TV when I've chosen not to go to one. Like, right. I... It, <laughs> but I also... And I'm someone who likes a fantastical movie or a movie that doesn't like definitely will never happen in real life. But there is a balance. There is like sure. a middle ground of like okay, this is realism, but it also is mo- movie realism. I don't know if that's right. a thing, but like yeah, yeah. Um, Because again, real life is just pretty boring generally, and like I really it was the cuts for me in this that felt r- just like not good. They kind of stopped doing them I think maybe halfway through but they were like I don't know I'm not an editor. I don't even know what it's called but it was full like blackout cuts and then it would go to like the next scene. so It was so bad where like the first time it happened I was like did my TV just break? (laughs) And then it like Kept happening, and I kept being like, "Is my what's hap?" I ke- I kept thinking like my internet had gone out or like something was wrong with my TV. And then I was like, "Why the fuck do they keep doing those stupid ass cuts?" I hate that. That's so interesting. I did not really think of that. You as didn't notice student- that. I mean, I noticed it, but I didn't think of that as what was student filmy to me. It was more like the dialogue, the hand cam, the like even just like yeah. the set dressing and stuff. I was like, "What is this?" Like, um, yeah, but. Anyway, hello everyone. Welcome to See You Next Week in Space. I'm Sarah Walsh. I'm here with my sister and co-host, Amy Walsh. And Amy, why don't you tell everyone uh, what we're talking about today. And also, Happy Halloween! This is one of our Halloween movies. uh, Spooky! I don't know if I would call this movie spooky. Spooky. No, it's exactly. not spooky, but it's spooky season. Yes. I'll tell you, I watched a spooky movie last night, and nobody cares, but um, if you were born perhaps in the 80s or 90s, and perhaps... Oh, no, I already think I know what you're going to say. <laughs> yes, that is correct. I watched Hocus Pocus 2. I will give I my review it. at another time. I knew um, it. As soon as you started saying <laughs> Of course. And I watched I'll it the admit... day I had to. I I'll admit it's like on my TV as like one of the top things of like do you want to watch this, and I don't have Disney Plus at the moment, and I did Mm. even I I was like should I get Disney Plus just to watch I can tell you I can tell you my password and shit if you want to because I wouldn't necessarily say. Ooh. I'm not going to tell you it right now. No, but don't um, even but say I'm, that we're going to be breaking the law oh. on air. Or actually, oh, sorry. I actually I won't breaking the law, I refuse right? to give you my Yeah. That's the right. <laughs> but call. I would say I will say here's my short review. Don't pay money for it. <laughs> okay. That actually um, is tells me a lot. <laughs> I'll say that. Yeah, though <laughs> I I wouldn't. I mean, I think it's worth I it's worth seeing just to Whatever, but I wouldn't pay money, yeah. Um, but so now say what movie we are anyway. What about. we did watch, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, we're not talking about Hocus Pocus <laughs> 2. Other, other, or I, I could if we'd really want to, but that is not what we're talking about today. Um, we are talking about a movie from 2013 called Coherence, Indeed. and I had never heard of this. I technically picked this, which is yeah. out of the norm I mean, for you us. You did pick it, you don't it technically. Is, you picked it. Yeah, I did. Because but, for the purpose of transparency, listeners, the Halloween episodes, I let Amy choose because she's right. a horror person. So, And this and this one is a little bit weird because I wouldn't really call it horror by any means, and it definitely isn't like scary like that. I will call it maybe like a psychological thriller, I suppose, perhaps. I'm not end, sure what I would call it. There's a bit of... It takes a while for it to get into it. I'll say that too. There's a horror Um, turn at the end, I would say, but yeah, yeah. I kind of thought, anyway. I kind of thought the whole movie was going to be in more of that place, but whatever. Yeah. Um. So anyway, that's what we watched. Coherence, 2013. And I don't know that we can speak coherently about this film. Um, it's rather a challenge. Um, But the IMDb description is as follows. Strange things begin to happen when a group of friends gather for a dinner party on an evening when a comet is passing overhead. Now... Yeah, and that tells us basically nothing. (laughs) It does, and it it does and it doesn't. Like, um, that is what the movie is about. Um, Well, yes. But it doesn't... I don't know. The movie, I'm not sure what the movie's about is maybe the real issue. (laughs) Um, Or what we're meant to get out of it exactly. Um, Yeah. But, so, going back to my opening question, uh, this particular movie was the directorial debut of the director, a guy named James Ward Burkett, I think is how you pronounce his last name, and... Mm -hmm. the main kind of thrust, and again, this is where the student filmishness of this comes through, oh. is that Burkett was just curious about what would happen if you made a movie without a crew and without a traditional script. Um, so it re- they really had no script? So what ended up happening is that Burkett and the other writer who actually plays the character Amir, a guy named Alex Minugian... Um, Uh they had a story like they, so they knew like, these are the things that we want to have happen. These are like the plot points. But what they did Uh was that they gave the characters each day, they gave the characters notes about what their specific character was going to be doing, but they didn't tell them what the other characters were going to be doing. So... It was, so they wanted them to react, like, as that character in the moment, like, improvisationally, but naturally. Huh. That's interesting. I mean, I like that approach. I'm not 100% sure it came off, but I like, I, I like that. It, I feel like you could get a lot of different, um a lot of different outcomes that way. Yeah. Well, I guess um the director, like these people who make up the cast are people that he knew, so he like basically like yeah. called them up and was like, "Can you be yeah. in this movie?" and they were like, mm-hmm. "Sure, I guess." Um and Sure, I guess. And it was shot in in his home. So that was the other thing. Yeah. Is, he was like, "How can I make a movie where basically I have one location?" Um, well, that was the other part that made it feel very student filmy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It, like one location. Yeah. yeah. So they shot it over five days, um, and huh. so I also thought it was kind of interesting. Like they really do a good job of making it seem like these are people that have known each other for a long time. Um, uh huh. But they didn't really know each other, like the actors. Like they all knew the mm-hmm. director, but they didn't know each other to speak of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is kind of the backstory. There isn't very much more to say about like the production or the... That's interesting. Movie. Um, I also, according to IMDb, or not IMDb, Wikipedia, and I'm not sure exactly where this fell in the movie or like what, where we were in the story, but according to that, the first point of divergence... Is sixteen seconds into the movie. Um, Wait, yeah. Hold on. I wish I could. I wish I had the movie in front of me to I go know. back to sixteen I w- seconds. When I saw that, I was like, "Oh, I want to like look up what happens at sixteen seconds." Um, but maybe that's is when that is that when her cracks? phone Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Um, but. Okay, well... <laughs> well, we'll get into it. All right, but that's like, interesting, yeah. So, like, before we talk about the cast, just to, like, round things out, like, basically, um, the way that Ward Burkett was able to get around this issue of, like, how do I do a movie without a crew? How do I do it in just one location? The story then becomes about um, alternate realities and splitting realities across the same space. And so that's how he's able to use the same yeah. space in different ways. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. in terms of the cast, uh, there were a lot of people here that I thought I recognized from something. But then when I looked at their credits, I was like, I've never seen anything of what these people have done. So yeah. I don't know what the deal I only recognized there. one of them. Yeah, me too. And the most famous one, obviously. Um, yeah. So... The primary protagonist that we see most of the movie through is a character named M, who is played by Emily Baldoni. Although in this movie, Baldoni is her married name, so she's actually Emily Foxler. In this, um, she's 29. Hmm. Uh, she is originally from Sweden, um, hmm. and she's done a lot of TV work. So I was like, because she was one of the people where I was like, I feel as though I recognize her. And I, perhaps, she's like that. She's the blonde one. Yeah, and perhaps yeah. I do from something, but there was nothing in any of her like TV credits that super stood out to me as like, oh, this is obviously the way I know her. Yeah. Um, but then her love interest is a guy named Kevin, who's played by a forty-two-year-old Maury Sterling, um, who also has done quite a lot of TV stuff and perhaps mm. might qualify as like the second most recognizable person in this cast because he was on that show Homeland for kind of a while um mm. so that's where he's been next we have a I never character watched that show I never did either too much realism <laughs> too close to, well probably it isn't yeah but like We've talked about it before. I'm like, if there's anything to do with war or drugs or gangsters or police, I'm like, out. Unless it's a delightfully light, uh, episodic crime show. (laughs) Like, I just... (laughs) uh, And I'm delightfully light... Wait, so real quick, not to, like, get derailed, but you never watched Breaking Bad then? No, we've talked about this off air. I've never had, and I'm not going to... (sighs) I just guess I just let can't, it like, go. it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me that you wouldn't, so I guess I, that's shocking. You really mm. should. Anyway. Uh, I'm not gonna. Um, Have so you watched The Patient? No. I could ask you about all these shows. Jesus, is That one no. you might want to try. Um, so then the next character is named Mike. That's played by the actual most famous person in this cast. Uh, a 42-year-old, Nicholas Brendan, who is, plays Xander in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, I guess, and I put this there for you, I guess he was in Criminal Minds a bit at one point. Yeah, yeah. Um, he played yeah. He played the tech girl's love interest. He was like oh, the second tech sense. person. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, intriguingly, and also good for this movie because of the alternate realities, he has a twin brother, um, who in real his, life? In real life, and so his twin yeah. brother was an extra in this movie. Um, oh, interesting. Now I do have something to say about him, and oh, it right. may this not your hot be. Take. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a hot take, and I, it may not be like <laughs> this. Isn't slander because you know whatever you don't want to slander he, Xander. Exactly. I was thinking of saying that, and then I was like, "Mm." hmm. But he apparently is abusive in relationships, because I've seen an ex-girlfriend talk about him being terrible to her, so I don't really care for him anymore because of that, Um, and she is very public that it it is him. (laughs) Whoa, woof. Um, But then I also saw that he's in some movies that seem like they might be interesting to you. One called Christmas Slasher and another called Dark Christmas. That is... That makes me conflicted because of what I just (laughs) said, but those do sound very interesting. (laughs) Um, Next, we have a character named Beth played by a 52-year-old, Elizabeth Grayson, who I was surprised to learn... Was Miss America 1982? Um, Whoa, yeah, Wait, which one is she? She is the short hair woman, yeah, okay, okay. Um, and she's also done quite a bit of TV stuff, mostly in the 80s. Uh, she also mm. was a series regular on Highlander back in the day, hmm. um, but this is one of her last acting credits. Um, Interesting. Yeah, then we really are getting down into the dregs here. Um, <laughs> there's... Uh, and I'm only saying this because it's like, we need to know who these people are so so the story works. But basically we have... Yeah. Lee, um, who is Mike's wife, played by uh, an actor named Lorraine Scafaria. No idea how old she is. She has a relatively light uh, acting and um, online presence. Uh, and this is her mm-hmm. last credit for acting. She appears to have moved more to the production side of things now. She's got her mm-hmm. more recent uh, producer credits. Um, then we have a character, Hugh, played by a guy named Hugo Armstrong. This character uh, I kept referring to as Beardo in my notes because I didn't know anyone's He's, name at the time. I did not know anyone's name. He was like band-aid on the eyebrow man yes band-aid on eyebrow okay. beardo man okay. um okay. and his character is married to beth so married to miss america 1982 okay um okay he was also one that i thought i recognized and probably did um because of a tv show that i watched for a bit called stitcher's um, which is a sci-fi show, so I, I had forgotten about that one, so I put it on our list. Someday we may talk about it. Is it about, about people who that. knit? No, it's... I can't even remember what, why they're called stitches. <laughs> it, I think it might be a time travel thing, but I can't even remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, for you, uh, he was in something called Christmas Nightmare, not to be confused oh with my the Nightmare God. Before Christmas. Um, These movies sound great. I mean, you got a whole list of Christmas-related material I've mentioned to you over the past months. Oh, gosh, I'm so excited. Um, I forget and, all of them, but I'm so excited. And he looks like he's also maybe got more of a career, maybe coming down the track. Some things are coming up for him. Mm. Um, then the character Amir, like I said, that's played by one, the writer, one of the writers for this, Alex Minugian. Um, who also wrote some episodes of Grey's Anatomy um, some years mm. ago. And finally, we have a character named Lori, played by a 36-year-old Lauren Marr, um, who apparently, her main claim to fame is she's some character named Scarlet in at least three of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, but I have not seen any oh. of those in so long. I, I don't know who that character is. Um yeah, mm-hmm. they I haven't I don't know that I have seen. There are a lot of like epic movie sagas, I guess you could say that I've mm-hmm. not participated in. <laughs> Fair and enough. And Pirates, Pir- Pirates of the, Pirates of the Caribbean, Caribbean is How many? That's one. There's I'm a looking billion at of them. Now, and how many there are because and there also are they're a all lot. 3 hours long. I know. So that's like a big hell no for Shit, me. Shit, man, there are five. There are five Holy of them. Holy crap. I've and maybe seen parts of one, but I don't think I I've ever I've seen, seen any of them all the way through. I know I've seen original flavor. And <laughs> possibly... Are they all... Is Johnny Depp in all five of them? He is. Um, I think I've possibly seen the first... Three, that might be. Whoa. right. and they're um, literally so long. That's nine hours of your life. Yeah, I, I mean, luckily it's just the nine hours, though. I don't think I've ever really <laughs> watched these again. Um, I've not. Well, if you've watched Lord of the franchise. Rings, that's another like nine <coughs> hours. How I many know. Lord of the Rings are there? Uh, well, there's like we're not talking about the Hobbit movies that there were three of, but just Lord of the Rings are three. Of many hours. Another like I can't I can't. There's too many. It's too yeah. What they're (laughs) really meant for is truly they are napping movies. Like all the Harry (laughs) Potter. I knew. Yeah, Harry Potter. I agree with. And Harry Potter is of those all those types of sagas. It is one I never thought I would get into. But I do enjoy them now as a, it's not, and and for me, it's like not even napping, although yes, it's sort of just like a feeling, like if I want like if i'm like feeling cozy yeah yeah well cuz yeah like harry you, potter is like you should i think someone's probably made this on youtube you just cut together all the christmas scenes from those movies yeah <laughs> like, so, something like that like that's i'm good with that and like for for me harry potter the main one i like is the first one like the rest i can kind of like sure take it or leave it yeah the first one is cute because they're all young and like the i get that one the most too like i understand <laughs> it the most <laughs> it starts to get a little wonky for me as they go on but like Fair enough. um yeah it's the i guess i guess that's what all of those types of like millions of fantasy shows are for is to nap to yeah but so she was in those movies yeah anyway and interesting. That's it. That's all we need to know. So diving into this film, which I don't even really know how to talk about this because there's not a plot, Um, (laughs) I would say. It's definitely Um, not the way that I thought it was going to go when I read the description. Yeah. Because I read a little bit different description than whatever you thought. You said the one you read was from IMDb. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the one I read was, a, like, a touch different and, like, explained maybe, like, a tidbit more, um, but still not what I was expecting when it actually started. Yeah, so I'm also looking up comments per your other question. Um <laughs> Okay, so what? basically, I don't remember even seeing her in the car because I think I maybe didn't look up for like the first five minutes of this movie because I was yeah. just like so mm. the movie just like starts out, which is another like student filminess of it, I would say. It just like mm-hmm. fades in and we're seeing the I think I feel comfortable saying this is the main character M. Um Yeah. She uh comes out. And or she's in the car, and she's talking to someone on the phone, and it seems like it's a kind of maybe semi-tense, uh, perhaps, conversation, um, mm. where, like, at least I was like, okay, so I think this is like she's talking to someone that is um, either, like, I don't know, It sounds uh, weird, but like... Um, I was like either she's like talking to someone like a boss or something like there's some kind of Mm -hmm. work relationship here that's like tense or whatever um or uh this is like a a a romance person or whatever um (laughs) I don't know because I don't know their relationship yet no, but I think that's what they're called. It's like, Hi, nice to meet you. I'm Amy. This is my romance person I think it's a very gender like neutral that. term that really should be taken. I like it. Off. No, I like it. <laughs> this is my I romance. I like it also person. because I like it also because it's really it's like super inclusive. Like we're not even talking like just gender inclusive, but it's also like all types of wait like ways inclusive because maybe you have like a partner, but they're not your romantic partner. Maybe they're a partner of something else. Like your this business is my partner, specifically like, romantic person. I like it. Yeah. So I'm she's start on using the that. phone with her romance person, who we will learn is Kevin. <laughs> And they're having a bit of a tense talk. And then she's... But she's also saying, like, I can't really hear you. Um, The service is cutting in and out. And then as soon as she hangs up the phone, her phone cracks. Like, the screen cracks. um, Nightmare. of nothing. Oh, yeah. And this was, like, back in the olden-schmolden iPhone days, because it's 2013. (laughs) And remember when, if you ever did break your iPhone in that era... And you, like, it was still sort of working and it was broken. But then sometimes that those little chunks of glass would, like, get into your finger or, like, poke you while you were oh, still wait. trying to use it until you well, got it fixed or whatever. I, yeah. Yeah. I guess so. I feel like I am someone who's broken a lot of phones. Do not get me wrong. <laughs> but I feel like I broke them more before, hmm... Like I've I've dropped phones in toilets. I've like done all the things, but like I don't know that I've ever like fully cracked my screen. (laughs) Where maybe I have. I guess I probably have. But yeah, I guess you're right because I do remember actually having moments where I'd be like, I'm about to cut myself. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I know that I had at least a phone where I did that. And but hers was like like really badly cracked. Hers was like full like right in the middle. Right up and down the yeah. middle. Um And yeah, like, let's face it. Then as now, you're like, now what do I do? Do I go home immediately? Like, <laughs> my phone's not going to work. I like, feel like I would go, I feel like I would go immediately, t- well... Maybe this makes me sound shallow, but I feel like I would go immediately to some type of like phone store. Phone store. I know. Be like, forget this dinner party I've just driven up to. I need to deal with this phone problem right now. Yeah, because can you imagine? Can you motherfucking imagine going to a dinner party and you don't have access to your phone? That would be the worst. Yeah. No. I would can be like, you There's imagine? No escape from this conversation. Can you imagine going out with friends and then the creeping fear of realizing I forgot my phone. I can't look at my phone. My phone has to be away from me for like multiple moments while I speak to my friends about oh their no. actual lives. Like, no. Well, no. Unacceptable. I don't even feel. <laughs> no, that's really unacceptable. Like, and I don't go out with friends, but that's like really unacceptable. But like, that, and, but it's not for the reason necessarily of, there's something just creepy about it. <laughs> or I get like, you know, I, it's, it's funny. I don't think I've ever used my phone to like save me from anything. Like I've never no. called 911 on my phone. I've never like I've never called 911 on anything. I don't think, yeah, no, me neither. But I'm just saying like, but there is like for some reason, like the feeling of being without your phone. I think about it sometimes when I just, <laughs> I walk the dog for like two minutes and I don't bring my phone and I'm like, what if? something something happens <laughs> in this moment when I don't have my phone. What will I do? like right. I don't know what I think I'm gonna do with my phone in that t- moment, but like you know, I think about it when people get kidnapped and they're like, oh, they don't have their phone on them, we can't track them or what well, I don't know you like can't track all kinds them. of things, yeah, I don't know, it's scary, <laughs> so she though bravely, bravely and nobly uh goes into this dinner party. <laughs> and uh, then she's in the kitchen with her friends Lee and Beth. Lee and Beth are making food, and show and she shows them her cracked phone. And this, I think, is probably that first break with reality somehow, because it's like 16 seconds. Yeah, it's in, so gotta maybe be when her phone goes is when it happens. But yeah. Um, so and M says like, oh, this is because of they're calling it Miller's Comet. Um, I don't think that's okay. a real comment. Um, oh, it's not. It sounds very real. I don't think it is, though. Um, okay. But So, oh, wait. But let's just... I'll just do a quick Google to see... Can if... I just... Really quick, what that reminds me of, like, what the premise reminds me of is, have you... You must have heard of Maximum Overdrive. Uh What? <laughs> Shut the fuck up! Yes, you definitely have. It's a Stephen King movie called Maximum Overdrive, and the machines go crazy, like trucks and like oh, machines go crazy. Okay, all right. Oh my god! First of all, if you've not heard the How Did This Get Made episode about it, it is hilarious. But um, it's a crazy Stephen King movie, and the premise is there is like a comet passing by, and the machines go crazy is, like, the premise. Oh, okay. Um, So this reminded me a little bit of that. Yeah, so I'm looking up now, um, and Miller's comet uh, is not a real thing, Um, but it is true that there have been various um, kind of weird situations, I guess, when comets have passed nearby Earth, but it's not, like, these kinds of things. It's more like... Um, strange weather patterns and stuff like that. Um, okay. But, <clears throat> excuse me. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, what M says is that she's been reading up about this comet that's passing this evening and that that is, and there's been talk that it's co- going to cause various kinds of weird things. And I guess much like Maximum Overdrive, one of the places where that's happening is with bones. Um, but that isn't really the super interest of Beth and Lee. They're talking about the fact that Amir is bringing a woman named Lori as his date to this party. And the backstory here... So this is the first... Wait, sorry. So the... This is the first time they're all meeting her. I guess I guess that you kind of made that clear. Is that right? Um, it isn't the first time they're meeting her because Lori oh. is Kevin's ex-girlfriend. And oh. Kevin and M are now together. So oh, that's I th- weird. I, I forgot think, that part of it. I think the only person who hasn't ever met Lori is M. Okay, okay. I think that's what it is, because that's the whole thing, is they're all talking about it, and they're like, oh, Amir's such an asshole to bring her, like, um, and make things all weird. Um, and that's when Beth, short-haired Miss America 1982, offers M some ketamine <laughs> to take the edge off. Okay. Okay. I have a million questions about that. Like, first of all, they're like shooting up that drug, are they not? Like, it's well, they're yeah, they're they taking have it, it out in a syringe, but I don't think they're like administering it to themselves. Are they drinking it? <laughs> I, oh, okay, maybe I, I guess that's what I that's what I imagined because shooting is that up what you do? Okay, whatever. Weird. That's very weird, and like, that's really intense for a dinner party, like, yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I kind why, of that, that whole part of it weird and it, i think it, was it is it supposed to throw us off because later when they're like things get more confusing beth is like did you put something in our food like are we high <laughs> basically right, right. like yeah no so but it's very I strange i think the reason why it shows beth taking it out with a syringe is because it's you're only meant to have like a little bit like it's like a tincture is what she's made basically um and she keeps saying yeah it's like oh it's very calming it's got like lavender and like jojoba and like all this stuff and she's like and then just like a trace of ketamine and everyone's like what the fuck are you talking about a trace of ketamine like um but needless to say Emma's like no I think I can like navigate this vaguely um uncomfortable social situation without ketamine um so then we're in the dining room everyone is about to sit down um kevin has arrived and he's like talking quietly with them which perhaps is maybe like what they were talking about on the phone as well there's some kind of decision that she needs to make and you can tell that he's kind of pushing her to make it and she doesn't really want to. And this, like, if there is any kind of a character arc, and it would only be for M because she's the character we learn the most about, um, it's that Mm -hmm. her life prior to this night is characterized by holding off on making decisions um, and then having decisions kind of made for her by circumstance, I guess is how you might say it. Um. Mm-hmm. Then, Amir and Lori show up. Everyone sits down to dinner, and this is where we get like quite a lot of that chatting, that sounded quite realistic yeah. and quite boring. Um, <laughs> and at some point, everyone at the table notices that their cell phones have stopped working. And hell on we- earth. Well yeah, immediately the entire dinner party is derailed. <laughs> like everyone yeah. is like I mean Oh shit, like my phone's not working. That is realistic. Like, <laughs> it is true. And I would say perhaps the reason why that would cause such a dust up is not nearly as like um stupid or like self-involved as it we're making it out to be. Because like if you had yeah, yeah. a dinner party with that many people and literally not no, that a would freak me out person's cell phone worked, I would be like, something bad is happening. The world or is has ending. happened. Uh, like, yes. something bad Absolutely. is going down. Um, oh, a million percent. I know. I would be legitimately scared. <laughs> Especially. I mean, I guess they do have some awareness of this comment. Yeah, like a bomb went off somewhere and like service is disrupted or a electromagnetic pulse came and something like the cell phones are down now, but eventually like electricity is going to stop working or whatever. Like, um, but M again says this is because of that comment. I keep telling you guys um and then she tells this story about how I think she does say when it's Miller's comet this fake comet that the movie makes up um passes near to earth uh in 1923 that in Finland some woman like uh says like I killed my husband but then there's a man there that's clearly right. her husband right um And so everyone was like, oh, that's a bit kind of ooky spooky, but whatever. Um, And as she's talking about that, Beth, the ketamine lady, um, (laughs) like points out that there's a door in the dining room that is like a side door to the house, but kind of goes nowhere. And I guess has been kind of blocked off in some sort of way. Mm -hmm. Um, And how between like the kind of spooky tale that, Em just told, and her own feelings about feng shui, like the door <laughs> kind of creeps her out just by virtue of its existence. Yeah. Um, and and that sort of thing was one of the clues where I was like, this is a California person. <laughs> like, I was That's, like... Because the, they, way the way she used feng shui? The talking about feng shui and making like this absolutely not a big deal issue like everyone else's problem to hear about. Like, <laughs> and I was just like... You bring ketamine to a party that no one asked. And now you're talking about feng shui when no one wanted it. And now you're saying, like, I'm kind of creeped out just by virtue of the, you know, I was like, come on, man. Like, grow up. Grow up. So then the conversation goes on and Lori um, starts asking Mike how she recognizes him and he says that he was on a number of seasons of the TV show Roswell which i thought was kind of funny cuz Is that true? Is that No, he wasn't on that. Is show. that actor? No. He wasn't. on Okay. That I was show. curious cuz I was uh, like I thought hmm. that too. I was like, "Oh, hmm. is that like cuz I never watched Roswell." I was like, "I wonder." And it's like, "No, he's not yeah. on that." But, you know, he's he is meant to be kind of like himself in real life. His own Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and she's totally. having a hard time like, picturing that somehow. She's like, oh, I don't know, I watched that show, but I'm not, like, think getting it, or whatever. And so then, to, uh-huh. he takes umbrage at that for some reason, and then he starts to pick at her, <laughs> and is like, oh, well, you know, how is teaching yoga going, blah, bitty, blah, 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 and she's like, I don't teach yoga. And he was like, oh, I could have sworn when we last, like, met, that you had talked about that. And so, Again, looking back, like, when I was doing this outline for this, I was like, there's already been a reality shift by this point. Because there is a Lori who does yoga that we run across later in the movie. Oh, So it's already happening. I didn't catch that. So that's the thing that's interesting is, like, and again, I don't know that it really matters, but, like, by the end of the movie, one of the things that they say is that Lee and Beth are in their proper realities because they have never left their home. Never left the house. Right? But it's like... but Oh, their own home. Well, no, because Beth doesn't live there. Lee lives there. Oh. But they haven't left the house. Okay. On, on this evening. But yeah, the thing is, though... But have any of them left the house this evening? At this, this point, evening? no one has left. At this point? No one has left. And so, mm. I mean, Lori and Amir come late, so I don't know if that's what we're supposed to infer here, but, like, there has to have been mm. a time slip because she's like, no, I never taught yoga. And he's like, oh, I could have sworn that we did, you know? Well, like, maybe if maybe if the phone cracking was the first thing. right whoever wasn't in the house by the time that happened. Yeah, that's true. Could already be. Yeah, you're probably I right. I guess. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So uh-huh. then, the, then we turn our attention to M, where she tells this story that, again, wouldn't really matter except it gets revisited at the end of the movie, um, where she was a dancer and was meant to – she created this whole dance production show – and at the final moment, um, some other person was selected to be the star, even though she had choreographed the whole thing. Um, and then when this other person was selected to be the star, Take a number. That should happen. I know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. The, that also seemed, like, weird to me. So then, because her story was when she was replaced and then made the understudy uh-huh. or offered the role of understudy uh-huh. for her own production... She hesitated, and they got Mm -hmm. someone else to be the understudy, and then what ended up happening is that the first person who was meant to take over... Of course. ...backs out, and then understudy moves in, and she's like, if I had just, you know, made a decision, I would have been the famous one, not this other lady. Right. Right. And so, again, like I said, if there is a character arc, it's coming out of M and this issue of, like, not making moves when you're supposed to or whatever. uh uh-huh. um, This is also, as soon as she finishes that story, Hugh's phone shatters. And that's, people get really freaked out. Because phones have already stopped working, but now his phone just broke apart for no reason. And he's like, I really want to call my brother, And can I, like, use your phone? And Lee and Mike are like, well, we don't have a landline, um, but we can use Skype, maybe, to call this guy. But, of course, there's no internet either at this point. And so everyone's getting agitated, and as that is happening, (laughs) we have the first blackout. Yeah. Which is when you thought your TV was broken. Yes. Well, it was one of the times because I feel like they had some, <laughs> I feel like they had some cuts even before this, but yeah. Yeah. So when they get candles and get going again, they look outside the window. I don't know why. I don't, like, I don't tend to look out of my window if there's a blackout, but whatever. Um, or maybe you do, yeah. maybe you, that is a thing because you want to see how bad it is. Like, if it's just your house or something. But... I guess. I don't think I would. But what they discover is that there's only one house in the neighborhood with lights on. And so... That's creepy. Yeah. I mean, they don't seem super concerned about it at first. Um, No. But I guess that's the way of horror movies, right? Is like... You're not concerned until you are concerned about things happening, right? Until um, it's like, until it's like really dire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and then the audience is like, "Get the fuck out of that campground!" <laughs> like, um, yeah. And then the audience is like, "You fucking morons! You should have left an hour ago." Yeah. Why did you ever start playing guitar with your back to that wall? Like, um, <laughs> or oh, whatever. So true. It is. But so. In this case, and maybe this, too, is, like, who knows what's going on, but, like, they decide to come outside of the house and, like, kind of look around at the neighborhood. They look at the house that has the lights on, and they kind of mention that, and then they look at the stars, which, of course, is, like, you know, um, this is always true. Like, when you live near light pollution, the stars are not as good, so they're, like, enjoying that. Yeah. Um, They come back inside... And Hugh has now gotten really agitated. And he's like, I want to go over to that house with lights on and see if their phone's working. I really need to call my brother. And... What is his obsession with his brother? Well, this is the thing. We learn this later. But, like, Hugh apparently has this brother who is, like, a fancy scientist man. And apparently... Oh. Like, the brother said something to him, like, when this comet comes, if anything strange happens, then you should stay inside. That's one of the things he says, is stay inside and call me. And so... Hugh is now trying to do this plan of, like, reaching out to his brother. Got it. Um, Got it. But he did say stay inside first. He did also say inside. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like if I were in this position, I'd, like, be like, you know what's probably the main priority is staying inside. And, like, the secondary priority is calling you. And if all the phones are broken, your phone is broken, who am I calling? Like, come on. Right. Um, And, like, you'll understand if I tell you all the phones were broken, so I couldn't call you. Tomorrow morning. (laughs) Like, we'll just be touch the following day. Right. Something. But Hugh manages to convince Amir to come with him to go over to the other house. So they leave. And. The rest of the group stays at home where M continues to wind them up by talking more and more about comets. Um, <laughs> and then, as they're waiting for Amir and Hugh to get back, someone bangs really loud on that side door. Um, and so everyone freaks out, but there's no one at the door. Um, so then. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like a knock at a door and no one's there. I don't like it. No, that is horrifying. I don't even really like doors. <laughs> like, I like if I could somehow not have a door, I would feel like yeah. I, that I know that makes no sense. It but does like, not make sense. But. <laughs> I guess what I mean is I've watched too many horror movies oh, yeah. where doors oh, yeah. are easily broken. Yeah, someone comes through with an axe. Someone kicks it down. Someone's got a chain. Yeah, no. Someone's got a secret yeah, no. lockpick. Someone c- yeah. you didn't actually lock it when you thought you had. Like um, all of the things. So like if I could have like <laughs> someone is hiding behind be. a door. Correct, the, my main I think the main thing is a, a wooden door. I don't trust like a wooden I door. Do have a I boring. definitely also don't like a door that is a jar. Of course not, and I of course don't like glass doors. Like useless. Oh, no. No, so, no. yeah, I don't like. I definitely don't like a knock at a door at a weird time of night when you're not for no especially anyone. When you're and this one too was not a type of knock where it's like click, 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 yeah. someone's knocking <laughs> to say hello. It was, it was, it was a was bang, it was like one, boom, boom, boom. yeah, it was one loud bang, yeah. Uh, but yeah, doors are scary, especially when someone knocks on yeah. them, and especially when someone knocks and then you open the door and no one's there. So, no, that's horrifying. That's I don't like that situation. Meanwhile. Yeah, not good. Not good. Mike turns on the generator, and then again, I mean, because you kind of know where this movie is going a bit, but, like, I was like, oh, now they're the house with the lights on, obviously. Like, that's what happens. Um, Once they turn the lights back on, Amir and Hugh come back. Hugh's gotten hurt. This is when he gets Band-Aid on head. Um, And they have a weird box that they took from the other house. Um, and when they open the box, they find what inside? The book? Is that what it was in this? No, they haven't found the book yet. Oh, these are, oh, oh the pictures, right? Yeah. yeah, pictures of themselves. Yeah, they find pictures of themselves with numbers on the back. Also horrifying. Yeah, and a ping pong paddle. Um... And so they're like, don't like that. what is this weird collection of stuff? They're very puzzled. And that's when Hugh says like, yeah, I knocked, on the si- I knocked on the door and I went around to the side door and I knocked there, but no one answered. And so it's like, oh shit, again, they're like, don't fuck with us because someone knocked on our side door. And he's like, I didn't do it on this house. I did it on the other one. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, so then everyone's all, like, in a tizzy, so Hugh's like, well, I'll leave a note on the door of the house that I just left, and they're like, no, 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 definitely don't go outside again, and in this kerfuffle, (laughs) they open the door, and there's already a note on it, and it's the note that they had just been writing in their own home, so, um... so this is this is the part where I lose sense of what's happening. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, because I think I didn't pick up on all of those things. Now that you're saying that, I recall it happening. But I think with my... <laughs> even though I chose this movie and I like this stuff better than, you know, gray spaceships, I still do have a paying attention problem. So I think I maybe <laughs> wasn't like... This is definitely one you need to like keep contact with yeah. in terms of like the little intricacies. Yeah, and I think I missed some of that stuff, so I didn't quite get that. So I, I think this is when I started to be like, I'm not sure what's happening anymore. That's fine, and I mean, in terms of like being able to track like right. what loop we're in yeah. or whatever. And the thing is, is like. I don't even think this movie really tries to keep that very clear. Like um yeah. there's as we will learn there's like multiple realities happening at once and yeah. Uh at, at first I thought it was going to be a bit like um like because of this dinner party aspect and the fact that they can't technically escape the dinner party it reminded me a bit of yeah. a very famous old-timey movie by um, the Spanish uh, director Luis Buñuel. Um, And it's called, uh, in English it's called The um, Exterminating Angel. Uh, But in Spanish... Yeah, and in Spanish it's El Angel Exterminador. But basically that movie is from the 60s. And uh, the premise is that a very fancy dinner party happens. And... Um, when it's over, none of the guests can leave. And that's kind of... Because Bunuel is a, um, a surrealist director, so it's meant to be kind of like an art piece about something, right? Um, okay. So I was kind of like, oh, is this meant to be a bit kind of in that same vein of like we've gone... or like, And I think it probably kind of was. I would be surprised if a film person didn't know about that movie. Um... So they're in this Mm -hmm. like an inescapable, not even a time loop, just like an inescapable circumstance of this dinner party um, with multiple realities functioning and splitting off from each other, but not in a way that is particularly clean or clear for the audience. So it's not as simple as like we've got to, it seems that way at first, but it's not that way um yeah so uh what ends up happening is because they find these photos uh, in this box they kind of pour over them for a bit and they can't really decide what that means so they're like well we need to like go out there and investigate and as we always say don't fucking do it (laughs) never fucking investigate a thing Not a thing. Just stay inside. Your brother told you to stay inside, so you should stay inside. Just stay inside. I know. In this case, some portion of the group decides that they're going to go outside, and when they do, they bring their glow sticks with them because, like, in addition to the candles and flashlights that they found when the lights went out, um, this household also has glow sticks for some reason – so, so random. I know they like to go to a lot of raves, maybe. Or maybe they did years ago. Who's to say? But um, I mean, she has ketamine, yeah, so that checks out. Um, so the the house that we, as the viewer, think of as the original house, house one, they all have blue mm-hmm. glow sticks. But when they go, the group of them goes yeah. outside. They run into kind of their doubles, uh, and they all have red glow sticks. Okay. Real question. Okay. WTF would you do... Oh, no. (laughs) If you ran into another version of yourself somewhere Um, or in this scenario? Oh, I don't want it to be in this scenario. Um... (laughs) Okay, uh, I mean, I guess maybe something more benign, just like walking down the street, but any scenario where you ran into another version of yourself. Yeah, I was, I was actually thinking of this as maybe the opening question as well. Um, I guess it would depend on what I thought the other version of me... Like, in what condition I found that person... Um, <laughs> like, okay. and by that, I mean, like, do they, does she look like she's got a job? Does she look like, oh my God. <laughs> has she had a shower recently? Um, whoa. Okay. Is she, you know, like, does she look like she's got a drug problem? You know, like, yikes. Um, mm-hmm. well, cause these are all the potential like things, right? Well, okay. Okay. Right, I guess so. Now, but okay. Does she look like she's got what? a bat and wants to kill me? <laughs> like that would depend as well. well. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, it's interesting because what if the I because my mind immediately went to like, oh, I'd be envious perhaps because what if this other person was like cuter, like a sure, cuter version, sure. a more successful looking version, right. or a more like, uh, whatever you know, superior things. But ha- but you couldn't, <laughs> you can't, at least from the logic of this movie, you can't, like, switch places with them necessarily. Well, like, I mean, it seems like that is what Emma's trying to do at the end. Well, I know that's, at the end, yes, that's what's happening, but she, yes. but But you can't in any type of, like, so, for example, if I saw myself on the street and was like, "Ooh, that's the prettier version of me," I want. How can to be I be that. that? Yeah. If I if I killed that person, you wouldn't. I'm still me, right? But but just having killed that person, right? Right. Like, so how do you attain? Like, I understand what Emma's doing at the end, but like, because she just got like. Yeah, anyway, we'll get there. But like. Anyway, it's just an interesting thought. I think I would freak out first of all. First and foremost, yeah, I think I would. I think freak that out. probably is the more true response anyone would have, uh, encountering oneself. And I guess that is maybe one of the themes of this movie is like can you really face yourself? Um, and all yeah. of its things. And I and I will say I think in the metaphorical way I can face myself. I can deal with like the elements of my personality that are good and bad and neutral. And I feel like I know them fairly well. Like I don't think seeing another version of myself would reveal like some complete part of me that I would never have known other, like that. I don't think would happen. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's probably more that, like, to see that is, like, effectively, like, it makes you insane. Like, to really be yeah. confronted with yourself, you would immediately start, your reality would unravel, which is what is happening here. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so then, when they come back in the house, the group that had left the house explain how um, there's this red glow stick group. Um, and that it seems to be, like, this seems to be maybe the first time where they're, like, reality is splitting in some kind of way because we've now seen ourselves. Um, and so then, for some reason, like, Beth is, like, didn't your brother, weren't you asking me to send a book back to your brother? Your brother sent you a book, and I was supposed to mail... It Back to him, but I never did. The book's in the car. I think the book might be helpful uh, to, like, talk about this situation, which is a very weird surmisement, I think. Um, Really? It's, like, one of those things in movies where they're, like, uh, like, they conveniently stumble upon an answer in a ridiculous way. Right, (laughs) like, didn't your brother send you that book about this very situation? Let's go get it. I would never. <laughs> in a, okay, literally. Like, I forget if she is one of the people that goes outside and sees the red glow sick people. Is she or is she still inside? I forget. I, no, because that's Beth who says it. And Beth and Lee stay in the house. The whole time. Okay, so, but, okay, but point being that, like, okay, my friends just came back and said there were four people who were them outside, red glow stick, like, right. the world is cracking in two right now, so my first thought would not be, first of all, it wouldn't even be coherent, probably, no, no. but secondly, it would not be like, hmm, I'm having a memory about a book that you wrote. Like, right. I don't know. That just I'm remembering a, this trip to leap. the post office I was supposed to go on that I didn't do. <laughs> like, it just seems like such a weird leap in that moment. I know. But so the book comes into the house. And primarily what the book is about is quantum physics. Um, and specifically, Hugh is talking about Schrodinger's cat. Um, and had you ever heard of Schrodinger's cat before? No. Okay. Um, Because this is a pretty... If anyone has heard anything about physics, this tends to be the thing they've heard about. Oh. Uh -oh. (laughs) Uh-oh. Well, it's fine. I don't think you're the only one who's not heard of this. Um, But basically, Schrodinger's Cat is a thought experiment that is developed by uh, a physicist named Erwin Schrodinger uh, in 1935, and basically, what <coughs> the, the scenario he presents is that um, if you take a box and put a cat inside the box, um, and in the box as well, you put in a mexi- mechanism by which the cat will be killed. So basically, how to visualize, there's a cat sitting. What? I know this sounds weird, but like... Visualize a cat sitting primly, waiting underneath a box that is going to be like dropped on top of it, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the the Schro- Schrodinger's cat thought experiment is inside that box. There's something that, as soon as the box drops, the cat will be killed. But mm-hmm. since you can't see it. You don't know for sure that that's happened. And so as long as you don't know that the cat is dead for sure, then the cat could be alive. Okay, this sounds like philosophy, not physics to me. (laughs) Well, a lot of physics is kind of that way, Um, particularly Mm. quantum physics, because it's quite theoretical. Oh. Um, but basically, okay, okay. the point of this is to think about the existence of kind of two states of reality being in contact with each other at the same time, mm-hmm. um, and that mm-hmm. um, there's and from that kind of an, a whole series of possibilities could spring, right? So. That's what this book apparently is kind of about. Um, And Hugh, it's unclear. I think he says his brother is a physicist. um, And so Hugh's like, oh yeah, this is basically, he calls it quantum decoherence. And when I looked up that, though, that doesn't seem, like it seems like they've chosen. That's not a real thing? It is a real thing. But it seems like the way... They've cho- like, I don't think it's really quantum decoherence, from what I can gather, and it's not much, I'll be honest, on the Wikipedia page about it. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's actually about that same issue of like multiple realities. Um, mm. this is from what I quantum decoherence it appears to be is about a very, um, Specific kind of way light waves travel and stuff like that and matter. So, oh. so I don't. I think they just chose a phrase. They, that, chose a, they chose a phrase or a thing and didn't look up what it was. Well, no. I mean, I'm looking here, and there. It, it does seem um, that there is a certain issue when it comes to decoherence where time is important. But what I'm saying okay. is, is I don't think that it's the idea that it's creating alternative realities. I don't, like, so basically, like, Schrodinger's cat is a quantum thought experiment. Quantum decoherence has something to do with time, but they are not interchangeable the way Hugh, the character, is acting like they are. Got it. That's what I think is going on. Well, because I think think what we could agree on, I think, (laughs) is that this is not a real... Phenomenon, well, phenomena, yeah, Phenomenon. Um, I think I think that's right. Like, the, yes, per, part one. Like. <laughs> I I don't think comets cause this particular set of events to happen. Um, right, right. And also, like, quantum physics and that and theoretical physics are quite complex, and I don't think that they would be able to sum it up in like a brief statement about a book that some guy his brother sent to him well and also like, i don't think alternate realities exist i mean that i am um, we've talked i think about this before <coughs> at the same time do you think they well because now there's um uh, it's fairly i might believe in an alternate timeline perhaps like where something different happened so a different path is taken blah 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 but like That reality could split? Oh, I mean, so how do I want to say this? Quantum physics, it's become pretty mainstream at this point. Uh, Whether or not this is true, who's to say? But there is a realm of quantum physics that does say that every version of reality exists. In some way. So, like, the idea, and that, and this movie kind of plays with this as well, which is to say, like, there are maybe billions of versions of reality. And in one version of reality, yeah. you're a president. In another version of reality, you died when you Yikes. were four. And like in another version of reality, you married Jesus. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. And in another version of reality, you made a million dollars. You know, like <laughs> but like it's literally like every yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. permutation that your life could have ever taken exists somewhere in the universe. But we are not conscious of all of those different versions, and they are not conscious of us, so, right. like, wait, no, but, like, are you, okay, wait, I'm so sorry, wait, are you, <laughs> are you saying you believe that? I don't know if I do, but it is something that various, like, um, again, this is kind of in the same realm as Schrodinger's cat, it's, like, thought experiments, and it's stuff yeah, 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 that, I, get, I get it as, like, in, yeah, and it's stuff that, I get it as, as a well, thought experiment, that, like, or an interest, For like quantum physics and various types of mathematics, you can use that premise to make certain formulas that make kind of the understanding of various um, kind of, how do I want to say, like, because physics is about trying to understand how our world and the universe work. And so... Sure. and, And trying to break that down into mathematical formulas, generally speaking. So...
1: Um, Good luck to them. I know. More power to them. It is
0: clearly beyond me in every possible way. Um, I mean, I think it's beyond most them, too. As smart as people who Um, do that are, I think it's like... So I don't know if I believe that's really true or not, but um, it is one of those things that has become relatively mainstream as, like, a starting point to do various other types of quantum physics calculations and, you know, whatever. Um, And certainly has become very normalized thanks to, like, Marvel movies and stuff, you know. Um, Wow. So, yeah, that's a pretty... That is... Yeah, pretty well-established premise. Like, where it's probably more hilariously developed is in Rick and Morty, where they have their various alternative versions of themselves. Um, sure. I mean, and I and I get the use of it in science fiction and in any type of fiction. I understand. And I get it, again, I do also get it in the thought experiment type of way. Um, but more so in, like, the, if I had made different decisions, what would the path be? Like, sure. Like, what would that version of me be had I this that and the other right not necessarily like this <laughs> there's a version of me that died at four that's dark I mean but like but I don't believe right now like maybe mainly because like my I can't let my brain believe it but like I don't believe there's another me just like walking around that's fine and I just like haven't run into her well no but that's the whole thing is like at least my understanding of how this would work in quote-unquote real life is that you would never be conscious of this other version. Like it's the, the walls between those realities are completely sealed. So like that's something that's existing and then there's us that's existing and that's it. Like <coughs> we would yeah. never come in contact with each other I guess, yeah. That's the general (laughs) feeling. Um, Yikes. Yeah. It's still a big yikes for me, but yeah. Um, So in the context of this conversation, these uh, characters realize that that there are different versions of themselves, that they've been in contact with them multiple times now at this point over the course of the evening. And this is a jump that... I guess goes back to what you were saying before that I don't know that I would necessarily take because they immediately think that what they need to do is protect themselves from these other versions of themselves. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think I would assume that another version of me would be out to get me necessarily um, I mean, I would make the choice to stay inside for the rest sure, of the day. Sure, I'd after. be like, probably, for goddamn sure. probably we don't know what the impact or implications of us interacting with other versions of ourselves might be. So probably right. better not to. But I don't think right. it's like they're coming to get me. It's just like, let's just right. not make whatever we might have done that could perhaps contaminate our realities. We've already done some of that. So probably try not to. Anymore, Yeah. You know. Um, this is when Lee comes back into the room because she's been missing for a while. And everyone's like, what's the deal? And she reveals that she has taken that ketamine. Um, and that's when M is like, Beth, did you drug us? Is this why we're all super paranoid? And like thinking that we're seeing things that we're not Is this not why we're seeing? seeing other versions of yes. ourselves right now? <laughs> like... um, and Beth is quite insistent that no the amount of ketamine in this tincture she made would definitely not cause this, um, and that she certainly didn't drug food without telling people. Um, This is, in the context of this kind of fight, they're all having Hugh and Amir look at their glow sticks and realize that they're red, and so they're like, we don't belong to this reality. Um... And so, for whatever reason, they decide to take this box of photos and the book, uh, and they are going out to find their own reality, whatever that Mm -hmm. is. Um, And once they leave, uh, the rest of the group realizes that they've taken the book. Um, In the meantime, uh, while they're trying to kind of decide what to do next... uh, we see in the hallway that like Lori and Kevin are talking quite close to each other's faces. Um and Lori <laughs> in particular is really like quite flirtatious with Kevin, her ex-boyfriend, Kevin now boyfriend of M. Mm-hmm. And in this conversation, this is when we see that this Lori does do yoga and has taught you know, so like it's like okay. Okay. Different version. This is when Yeah. And then they kiss, but eventually Kevin like stops her from kissing him. Um this Mm -hmm. then results in M and Kevin needing to talk about Lori, his ex. The lights go out again. Um and when they come back on, they decide that they need to go outside because they heard a noise. And when they do that, they discover that um, Hugh's car has been broken into and someone has stolen the book that was there. Um, Mm -hmm. This then causes them to check all the other cars that they came in. Um, And we don't really need to super pay attention to this until later. M finds a ring in her glove compartment that I guess Kevin gave her at some point. Um, And so she puts it on, Mm -hmm. turns around, Kevin has found her, and they hug, because she's like, look at, I found this ring that you gave me, Um, and you'll see that I put this in the outline. I think that they both are wondering, and I'm certainly wondering as well, like, these perhaps are from different versions of reality, like this pair. Um, Mm -hmm. But... That is, like, that is a mind fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you can tell that they are kind of playing it like they're both a bit skeptical of the other one. Um, because basically, yes. as soon as... If I were in this group, if we were there, as soon as somebody leaves your eyesight, there's yeah, no I guarantee that they're the same version when you come back into contact with them. Yeah, like, the minute they started realizing whatever was there was like a fracture in reality i'd be like nobody goes fucking anywhere right. we all stay in this everybody same room stays in the same room and you can't even go to sleep yeah like you just have to wait and ask. you can't go nap in the other room nope. i don't trust your napping ass no like you need just if you're gonna nap you nap in here yeah with the lights on yeah <laughs> um so amir and hugh do come back for some reason um, and it does seem to be the previous versions, like the ones that are not really from the same reality. And so then they decide that they, to f- be able to find their own house again, they need to make a, a kind of indicator or a symbol of how we know that I'm in the house that belongs to my reality. And so this is when they're yeah. like, okay, we need to find pictures of everybody. We're gonna put them in a box. We're gonna randomize the numbers on the back. Um, and that will, like, and everyone should remember on the back of your picture what number you've got, because then that's how you'll know that you're in the right place. Yeah. Um, oh, God. That sounds like a. <laughs> yeah. Pretty <laughs> I feel dicey. feel like there are holes in that plan, but okay. Uh, well, that's why Amir is like, well, we can also add an object to the box it's like a second verifier right so it's like you know now when you yeah it's like two-step authentication yeah when you're annoyed at your (laughs) bank about having to get a text message about accessing your whatever so they're like okay so in addition to the photo with a number on the back we're also going to just put in a random object from the house and then that's how you'll know for sure this is the house that you belong to this is the reality that you belong to Um, and so everyone's like, okay, great. Meanwhile, in the context of preparing this box, M notices that Amir's phone seems to be working because he's like doing something like with his calculator. And Mm -hmm. she's like, everyone in my reality's phone stopped working and they all cracked. So then she starts, um, like asking the people in the room, like, what number did you have? What was the box that you had? And mm-hmm. it re- they all realize that with the exception of Lee and Beth, because they've never left the house, every single person otherwise, there are six people, two well, there are a total of eight people, and six are from different realities because they've all left the house at some point. Like they're all kinds of fucked up. Yeah. Like they're they're totally screwed. Yeah. Because everyone is like oh, my number was this, and this was the object that we had at my house, and they're all talking about different things. And so that's the other thing is, like, they're not conscious of when they switch to these other realities. Right. Um, That's super weird, too. Like, because my question that I don't, I think, sort of started thinking about at the beginning uh, that maybe I can ask now is how come there's no one else in this neighborhood? (laughs) Yeah. it's just houses full of them. Yeah, that's also an interesting question that the movie doesn't really care about. Um, Yeah, and I guess it's not really, it's not, like, it's inconsequential, but, like, it's just so weird thing yeah. that I thought of I guess it's similar to that other movie that you suggested we could do but I said I couldn't because it sounded too much like being in quarantine um where they're in that <laughs> neighborhood where all the houses look the same um yeah so I think it's like once the reality yeah. fractures it's like a, a hall of mirrors kind of thing yeah 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 um, so they, it's all the houses the on- are yeah, your house the only house you could or- find is yours um. Oh, God, that is like... Bleh. Yeah. So <laughs> while everyone is getting upset about th- realizing that they're from different realities, um, M decides to leave the house uh, for whatever reason. And when she goes outside, she starts doing this thing that we were just kind of indicating where all the houses that she comes across are the house she just left. Um, and yeah. she's looking in the windows of all of them. All of them have various terrible things happening in the windows. Um, Most of them have fallen into some kind of massive conflict situation. Um, But she finally finds one house where everyone is just having a lovely time sitting in the living room. (laughs) And, (laughs) uh, And for whatever reason, she's like, I want... To be in this reality. This is where I want to go. Yeah, Um, And I I think it's pretty clear that she does not belong to this reality. She just decides she wants to be a part of it. And so the way she figures out how to do it is she thinks back to her own evening. And she's like, I need to get their version of M out of the house. And I need to take her place. And so she takes this bat that's sitting outside and smashes Hugh's windshield to bring everyone outside, which because that happened in her Mm -hmm. reality. Yeah. So then they decide to check the cars, as happened in her reality, and so when the M that we've been Mm -hmm. presumably watching the whole time, for for the sake of our own sanity, let's assume that when realities are shifting, we've always been following the same M the whole time even as reality has shifted around her. So now I'm going to start calling that person Original M. Original? (laughs) Uh, Or M-prime, I suppose you could say. But So she watches the other M from the reality that she thinks is good, go into her glove compartment, find this ring, and as her back is turned, Original M... Beats her up with a bat and throws her into yes. the trunk. Okay, okay, real quick. Now, <laughs> can you imagine being unoriginal or secondary M and having that experience? Because... Uh, that would be terrifying. What I'm, what I'm a, because what I'm assuming, since they're not in conflict in this reality... They have not realized anything is wrong. That, nothing yeah. has happened. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. So they've all stayed within. That's my assumption, yeah. sort of, is like, yeah. this is sort of. I think that's right. So she, to her knowledge, like, everything's, it's been a totally normal night. All of a sudden, she She's is attacked in with a car. bat yeah. by her own self. And thrown into the <laughs> trunk. Yes. Like, that's fucked up. Terrifying. So... Original M is now in the reality that she wants. She returns to the party mm. and, in a nice turn of fate, which she didn't know when she chose this reality, in this reality, her dance career is going great. Um, and oh, interesting, yeah, they make a throwaway mention, and I was like, oh, that means oh. that didn't happen to this version of her. Um, however, unfortunately for her. Uh, she notices that the uh, the M that is indigenous to the reality she's in has come to and has gotten out of the car and is climbing back into the house. And this is the horror part of it where we see someone <laughs> who's been beaten up, who's like dragging themselves yeah. into a home and like whatever. Um, <laughs> an original M sees this and manages to head her off at the pass and throws her into the bathroom where she continues to beat her up. Um, and, and this time it's God. like, I need to be sure she's fucking dead. Um, right. And it was kind of a funny moment, I would say. So she's like beating her other self <coughs> to death in the bathtub. And then it seems like she's successful at killing this other self. And then she just, like, pulls the shower curtain around. And she's like, okay, everything's yeah, fine. What? <laughs> what was her, like, ultimate plan there? Because, uh, anyway. No, I mean, she clearly didn't have one because she basically was like, okay, I'll just leave this woman here. And yeah, um, then she comes out of the bathroom. I guess also what we should say is, like, This is the M that used to struggle with making decisions quickly. And she makes this set of decisions. She's like, I'm onto it. I'm doing it. I'm taking over this woman's life. I'm in this reality. Like, I'm doing it. Now, she comes out of the bathroom into what seems like a much nicer night than what anyone else has had in any of these other realities. And... And out of, I guess, probably like adrenaline or whatever, she collapses. And everyone's like, oh, no. Yeah. And then we do a bit of a jump cut. We wake up. It's the next day. Original M wakes up on the couch. Um, They've made it through the night of this comet. Lee is happily making breakfast. Beth comes out of the bathroom, having just showered, doesn't say anything. So presumably... (sighs) The body that she original M left there is gone now, I have to assume. Um, yeah. You would think. Otherwise, it'd be pretty weird yeah. for her to take a shower around that. And <laughs> and everything seems to be more or less back to normal. But original M has taken the place of this other version of herself. Um, mm-hmm. So she's like, I wonder if this is too good to be true. I don't know. So she goes outside and discovers that Hugh's windshield remains broken because, of course, she did that. Um, right. But the book is now sealed back up in the envelope sitting on the back seat. So, again, that shows us that that reality, that that group of friends didn't have a freak out. They just didn't even right. bother. Um, yeah. Original M now has two rings, the ring she brought from her reality and the ring that from the woman that she killed and Kevin follows her out of the house and I can't remember if they say anything to each other or not or if they just have like a meaningful look but then to end the movie Kevin gets a call from M on his phone and he's sitting there looking at her not making a phone call. Yeah, and he says, "I'm getting a call from you." Yeah, and then she, then he says, "Hello," and then like looks at her in a concerned type of yeah. way, like, "What the fuck is yeah. happening?" Um, so but that's a big "What the fuck." Yeah, because I guess I guess how I would interpret that ending is that the woman that she again thought she killed for a second time. Didn't yeah. get killed. She's not a good killer. No, she isn't yeah. a good killer. And maybe you could even say, maybe it's like, she, we can't really truly do that to ourselves. I don't know. but um, Oh, maybe. So that's the whole thing. She has now jumped into this reality. So goddamn, that's going to be complicated for, I don't know, getting your social security number changed or whatever. But um, <laughs> like... There are now two M's, presumably, in that reality. And now that the comment yeah. has passed, I I think we're meant to assume that the the ability to go back and forth is now over as well. Yikes. So she's now So stuck. that's gonna be tough. Yes. Especially because like she's probably gonna get put in jail. Presumably. Because yes. That other M that's on the phone is going to be like, are you looking at someone who looks like me? She beat me the fuck up and tried to kill me twice. Like. (laughs) It's not going to be good. Um, It's not great. I would kind of like to see a sequel. (laughs) (laughs) I would just like someone who actually. Even though I was confused, I would kind of like to see. I would just like someone who actually knows anything about physics to try and explain some of this. To me, better than I have explained it to myself and to you. <laughs> um, yeah, same. Well, same. And I'd all because I'd also like to be like, does this make sense? Am I'm and I'm stupid, <coughs> or is this like, right, something that just doesn't make sense? Right. Like, or isn't we don't get enough information from this particular movie to make the full sense of it? Right. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the. I think that the movie certainly likes to raise some ideas and does an okay job of that. But I don't think it's really committing to really accurately representing what these thought experiments really mean. You know, like, the rules seem a little bit loosey-goosey, if there are rules to how any of this is working. Yes. Um, So with that in mind, let's move on to yawns and eye rolls. In terms of yawns, one yawn is um, I really couldn't stop watching, really engaged. And ten yawns is like, nah, just couldn't begin to care about looking at this. Okay. Um, I think I would say probably like two to three. I was engaged. I mean, I have my... I have my moments, but it's right in my sweet spot yeah. in terms of length yep. of a movie. Was it like so exactly was, ninety was, minutes, or was it slightly? I think it was slightly. It more. was like an hour twenty eight. Ah, even better. Even when I even when I like a movie, even like I always need to check the runtime because <laughs> like it really is a like. Even if I'm enjoying it, I like need to see like where when that at, like over? a lot of moments. But, um, yeah, it, yeah. know I was I was engaged. Yeah, I think I would also give it a two, um, because yeah, it was short and sweet, uh, and even though it had kind of like a student film quality, it didn't like linger on anything so much that I was like, okay, kill me, like this was, it just kept going on its track and i appreciated that yeah um and in yeah. terms of i And it did pick up the and the pace picked up i'll say it that for it too like did. i think if it had <coughs> kept on the track it was on at the very beginning i might have been like yeah, it's a little boring but it like picked up and got yeah, more yeah i don't more think we really was. saw much more than maybe 10 to 12 minutes of boring dinner party before it started moving yeah, to something yeah. else which was good um, in terms of eye rolls, one eye roll is <laughs> I bought into this world and am cool with it. Um, and 10 eye rolls is like, I don't, I don't even know what I was looking at. Uh, what would you get? Oh give shit. It? Um, well, it's not so much that I didn't buy into this world, but I was, uh, confused mm. a lot of the time mm. in terms of like exactly i think i might say 5 just because like it right in the middle yeah. there i was i was definitely not sure quite what was happening yeah i don't think it was like it wasn't a huge stumbling block for me cuz i a lot of times don't know what thing, what's happening in movies <laughs> but it like but it definitely Anything non-linear is tough for me. Yeah, like that's a like something that my brain is not good at. Yeah, so fair enough. Um, yeah, five. I would say like right in the middle for me. Yeah, I think <clears throat> I would even go a bit lower and probably do a three because again, there's nothing here that hasn't already been rather well trod ground, even in 2013. Um, about you know like multiple yeah. realities and shifting between them and and. Again, because, like, everything about how they handle it and what they're doing for the most part is pretty, I mean, I shudder to say realistic. But, like, um, (laughs) you know, it's not, like, other than that weird, like, book thing. Like, otherwise, you're like, I guess this might be how somebody could handle it, you know. Um, Sure. So, in that sense, I'd give it a three. Sure. So, finally, did you like this and would you recommend it? And I guess for Halloween was it spooky enough ooh good questions did I like it yes um would I recommend it mm, maybe mm-hmm I guess I would like I like I I don't know that I would like effusively recommend it sure. I don't think it like would pop to my mind like as like a, f- a first thought. But if someone was like, I heard about this movie Coherence and I'm thinking about watching it. i be like, sure, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> give it a watch. <laughs> Why not? It's yeah, whatever. Um was it spooky Halloweeny? Mm. I don't know. It was not quite as I thought there was going to be more personally like interactions between, between the versions the, of people the different versions. I thought it was going to be a little bit more like the very end with M and M throughout M (laughs) and (laughs) M. I thought it was going to be a little bit more of that throughout. And that would have made it more like slashery, like horrory. Yeah. Um. I think what it was, was a little bit more like psychological thriller. Yeah. So yeah, not really spooky for me. Yeah. I mean, I think, I can say that I liked this. I don't know that I would recommend it because I think there are actually other movies and shows that deal with this concept that do it a bit better and more clearly. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm not yeah. sure about the recommendation. Um, but, in, mm-hmm. and the spookiness factor, again, I would say minimal at best, Um yeah, man. I was I mean they had candles at one point that like sort of felt spooky I guess, I guess. I, like I was thinking that um, even if that bit of M versus M like even if that had been a bit longer or a bit more brutal I would maybe give it a mm-hmm. more of a spook factor but it really barely mm-hmm. did much of anything and so um yeah. Or even they could have played up quite a bit more. They could have had more knocking on the window, more running totally. into to seeing your double from across the street. Like they could have done more of totally. that. And they didn't really do that. And, and even so, like having creepy like having creepy doubles. Right. Like having um them standing outside creepily. Right. Like yeah, all right. of that. Totally. There could have been quite a bit more, I think, to heighten um the yeah. spook factor. Uh, like the psychological mm-hmm. stuff was pretty much there, I guess, but like the spook factor I think could have mm-hmm. been made more and I think that would have been kind of nice. I would have enjoyed it. but um, I yeah, I think it made like a remake would just make it a <laughs> little make it a little bit more um, spooky. I'd be into that. Yeah. But otherwise, I guess give it a watch if you're into it for the Halloween season and I think maybe what it would be nice sure. for is if you need a break from some blood and guts. Um, Mm -hmm. it would probably be good for that in the Halloween season. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. So, with that Mm -hmm. in mind, thank you, Amy, and thank you, everyone. I am Sarah, and we will see you next week. In space. Ooh. Halloween. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.